What is happening? It is a very special episode of the Nintendo Powercast. I'm your host, N64 Josh, and my player two today is none other than Game Over Jesse. What is going on, my friend? How are you? Oh, so much has been going on. Tears of the Kingdom has me so excited, and I'm excited for you. I seen uh, a few days ago, I think it was, you posted on Twitter, maybe a few other places, I'm not really sure, but I seen it on Twitter that uh, your the podcast was doing really well on in the charts. It was like number two next to... Uh, uh, who, who had it? IGN. 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 We're coming for IGN. We're, we're, yeah, we're... Nintendo voice chat. We're going to get <laughs> you. We're, we're coming for them. So, um, yeah, no, it's been great. And shout out to everybody listening. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh, before we get started, plug your show, plug your YouTube channel, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Everything. Uh, if you want to follow on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, anywhere is uh just oh, sorry uh game over jesse or slash at game over jesse however the different platforms do it it's just one word game over jesse uh the podcast is highly in games cast on itunes and everything and it's uh it it's mostly nintendo related stuff with more of a focus on the legend of zelda as my channel is as well uh we get into basically everything zelda nintendo related and we try to have a bunch of guests and stuff on from different uh sides of the industry whether it's other youtube channel uh content creators podcasters uh even some of the voice actors from the zelda series or people who have written uh for some of the zelda games have come on in the past and we try to yeah just do i guess a little bit of everything when it comes to guests and just hearing everyone's different stories and how they got into the industry and stuff like that so it's uh some interesting stuff if you like more of the behind the scenes kind of things oh it's it's amazing it's a great it's a great show that we we got to work together and kind of really hang out at e3 2017 and no 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 it was 18 or 19 Oh yeah, yeah, 2019. I'm no, sorry. 2017 yeah, 19. That's one. it. Because yeah. you, you went with uh, uh, Kayla and Daniel, my co-hosts on the podcast, and basically like dropped me off at the uh, Bethesda uh, event, and then showed back up like ten minutes later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was such a great uh, a great time, and and I got to be your cameraman for uh, for an interview. Yes. With, yes. With, you did with Pear Snyder, and so yes. um, recommend had, going and checking that out. It's a great it's a great video. Yeah, we I I kind of got off topic because I I planned it out as being mostly with uh, about what's going on with E three and what he's most excited about and everything. But that's what every interview is about. But what I really wanted to talk to him about was he was actually able to go to the like 96 or 97 Ocarina of Time uh, event where like they were promoting the game before it came out. So he got to play like those weird beta versions that are completely different than the actual game when it finally released. So that's what I was trying to like dig through his mind to get details on. And He's been really nice uh, whenever I'm doing videos like documentary style videos on like how the game changed over time and stuff like that from t- throughout all the years of development it had. He was actually really nice and he'd he sent like pictures and uh, give me like the contact information of people to get in touch with that like went and played like some of the Twilight Princess beta stuff. We're seeing like extended beta trailers that they showed off like behind closed doors at like E3 2005 and stuff like that. And he actually came back on the podcast a, a few months ago, and we got to talk a lot about, uh, I guess it was Breath of the Wild 2 at the time. No? Was it Tears of the Kingdom? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Nate from Nintendo Prime was uh, nice enough to come on and be my co-host on that day since uh, Daniel wasn't available. But yeah, it, it's been really awesome. And I thank you tremendously for uh, volunteering to record that for me and help out because oh. it it's one of my favorite videos. It's like uh, I have it, or at least I used to have it as uh, like a screenshot of it as my banner on Twitter and stuff. So, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Those were, those were great times. It's such a bummer that E3 can't, uh, can't quite get his legs back under it. Yeah. But for some reason, I feel like Jeff Keeley's just dancing in his bedroom <laughs> <laughs> for a summer games fest. So. Yeah. Which, I mean, it would be nice to see that get to a level of E3, you know, since we're, since we're missing out on that, but uh, we'll just, we'll just have to wait and see, you know? So uh, the legend of Zelda has been huge as of recent, right? Tears of the kingdom blowing up. I have a, I have a timeline of the legend of Zelda uh, podcast slash YouTube video coming out where uh, I kind of just break down all the different timelines and um, kind of getting kind of getting nerdy with it right and having a mm-hmm. having a good time trying to understand but i thought having you on it would be really fun to talk about the the like and you have a full video that i'll link in the description of the the timeline oh, yes, of the... breath of the wild and and i thought it would kind of be fun just to talk about that and then to kind of just get some of your you know somebody that is so like in just ingrained in zelda like i really want to hear some of your thoughts on on where is tears of the kingdom going to take us and and you know th- that kind of stuff so so kicking it off where do you think breath of the wild falls in the timeline all right so the simple answer to this in like an elevator pitch is do you know in the official zelda timeline to have in like hyrule historia and zelda encyclopedia um there's like two games that are switched back and forth uh, between those two timelines but it's mostly the the same um, it has the branch after Ocarina of Time where it's the adult timeline, the child timeline, and the downfall timeline where he, it's like a, I, I don't know, like a, he dies or it's a what if or whatever they want to call it. And the same way I imagine that the timeline split, I am I think that for Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom after it, it comes back together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, th- the three different timelines kind of meshed together and one of my main reasons for this is not only just like there's stuff and names of locations that hint towards zelda games that are on all the different timelines but there's also interviews uh like even back when it was just known as zelda wii u before it was given the name breath of the wild kind of like how everyone called tears of the kingdom breath of the wild too yeah and Alnuma and some of the others, uh, Fujibayashi, the director of the game, kept on having interviews where they said that people were influenced, and Alnuma specifically, uh, the producer, was influenced by the Elder Scrolls series and Skyrim. And if anyone has played those games or kept up with the story in those, before Skyrim, the game uh, that takes place before that on its timeline has... Uh, like the ending is different based on what you do in the game. So a bunch of people had various endings and Skyrim, I believe it's Skyrim. I'm, I may be uh, thinking of one of the other games in the series, but that timeline, they coined a term called a dragon break where 
no matter which timeline you got in the previous game, it kind of just melds them all together. Okay. For uh, the beginning. So like basically everything that could have happened basically did happen by some timey-wimey stuff. And I think that was what, one of the things that Aonuma and the rest were hinting at that they took influences from Skyrim. Because obviously at the time uh, that it was in development, Skyrim was the big open world game that kept on being re-released and re-released over and over again. And obviously Breath of the Wild has this big open world, but I think they were meaning more than just gameplay-wise, but story-wise. And they've actually... Uh, Whenever I we were first talking about this, Daniel kind of came up with the uh, the idea before I did, and then I did research into the the Skyrim thing as well, and I found that, and I was like, oh, well, maybe this actually is true. And I said this was an elevator pitch, and <laughs> it's been no, it's it's, good. it's it's a really long elevator pitch. I uh, love it. We're, we're on a skyscraper. Yeah, so. here we go. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, so, um, with uh, Majora's Mask, uh, when Majora's Mask 3D released, uh, a bunch of people were asking Al Numa about that game and how every time you go back in time, there's like different events that play out. And he mentions that everything that you do in the game, because everything gets reset when you go back. So a different set of events happen, basically like a, a different branch of a timeline or whatever. But Al Numa said that the true ending of that game is one where Link is able to do everything and help everyone and save everyone, which isn't possible if you're just sticking to like a single timeline because there's certain side quests where you have to do like one thing to get like a certain mask and then you have to do another thing after you reset and it's kind of confusing. But the true ending is one where all of those different events merge together for Majora's Mask. So instead of just doing like merging of timelines for a single game, this is just expanded on to where it's a bunch of games that are all merging together because it is something that Nintendo has done before. And Al Numa himself, who is now in charge of the Zelda series and has been is uh, he's the one who's even said like, that's been like, that was the true ending of Majora's mask. So why not apply that to breath of the wild? since Breath of the Wild references all of these different games like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess and A Link to the Past and everything, there's a cutscene where all the, uh, I think Link's being like knighted as a champion or whatever you want to call it. And she references like Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess, Wind Waker and some other games as well. And if it was just in one timeline, that really shouldn't be possible. So I think that it's just an amalgamation of all the different timelines. That way they can uh, reference everything and just not really have to worry about, oh, what if we want Koroks or what if we want Rito or what if we want Zora? They can just do all of it. They can and just pull from everything. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where they were going uh, with it. It, when I started digging into it, I was so I was so surprised, right? Because like it's not I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of Zelda. I love I've I've played through most of the games, the majority of the games. Um, but the timeline is always so interesting to me because it's like this is you know 
it, it feels like it was an afterthought that they put together so beautifully. And you're just like, whoa, how, how is this? Like, it's just, it's very interesting to me. And so uh, going through and getting that all prepared, my, the, the, the reason the show's not out yet, the timeline episode is I just have to edit everything. I spent five hours getting footage from every game to, to be able to put into this timeline video. So it's not something that just happens, uh, happens overnight. Right. And so, but it was just, it's so interesting to me to see that all of these games could be coming to uh, basically coming to breath of the wild. And that's, and like you said, where they pull from all the different races and the different characters and the, like it, it, uh, it all kind of, it all kind of works. And I mean, even the very beginning of breath of the wild feels so much like the original legend of Zelda, where you just immediately see the old man in the cave and it's just the dangerous to go alone take this kind of vibe like like almost immediately and i just it was such a beautiful nod to fans but like again like that points to the first game and then the 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 temple of time like crumbling points to ocarina and there's just there's there, there's so many different references along the way y- you guys must have spent hours talking about this on your on your show i'm guessing just just digging into minute details and stuff yeah, there's uh, different things that any anytime we bring on someone new, we ask them, you know, their thoughts on Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom after it was announced. And it's interesting to get everyone's different opinions and outlook on all the different games and Breath of the Wild and the timeline in general, because everyone is just able to pick up on like certain things that maybe they only noticed that someone else hasn't mentioned. So being able to like kind of piece it all together it's uh, really interesting just to see the way that different people view the series as a whole. And even the timeline itself is <laughs> there's uh, everyone always jokes about it being like one of the most confusing video game series timelines that there is because there is that. And in, in a way it is. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Because, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't even know the proper way to to word it. But the, like, there's a lot of people that'll say, uh, they just put the timeline in those books that they came out with. Uh, they just made the timeline as, mm. uh, like to please the fans or whatever. And it's like, no, there there was a timeline previously. It was a bit different, but they always had a timeline in mind. Um, They've always said they don't start with the story unless it is a game that is a direct sequel to where they're coming off of like Wind Waker making Phantom Hourglass or Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask or something like that. So there's times like that to where they do have 
like the timeline placement and stuff in mind, like uh, uh, the first three Zelda games, like if, for the people that's like, oh, well, they never had a timeline in mind. The first Zelda game was, you know, just The Legend of Zelda, where in Japan it was the Hyrule Fantasy. The second Zelda game was literally called Zelda 2. So it being Zelda 2, right there is the start of the timeline. Right. The next game, A Link to the Past, uh, was made as a prequel, and it's in the title, A Link to the Past, which was actually a Triforce of the Gods in Japan. But it was supposed to establish, like, a prequel for Zelda one and Zelda two. So that's like another addition to the timeline. And then like there's Ocarina of time, which was supposed to be before all of those and explain why link has the green tunic and everything like that. So it's like from the very beginning, there was an idea for a timeline. It has changed over time. Like sometimes a game starts as like twilight princess began as wind waker two. And they ended up, completely going in the exact opposite direction instead of cartoony it was realistic instead of having literally anything to do with uh wind waker it was in a completely other uh timeline and then with uh the timeline split people are like well that's how you know that they didn't have any of this in mind because why would they need to make a timeline split just to fit all these games in place but if you go back to even before Twilight Princess or whatever, um, with Wind Waker, there's interviews with Aonuma and Miyamoto where they're talking about, uh, at the time, they only say Zelda has two timelines because Ocarina of Time, there's the timeline where he beats Ganon and everything and then he leaves and then Link's not there anymore. And then there's the other timeline where he goes back and he warns Zelda and that's how uh majora's mask begins and so even back then before twilight princess actually even before wind waker released because it was uh interviews promoting the release of wind waker they were talking about a timeline split because of ocarina of time now the third timeline or the downfall timeline i think is them just trying to do their best to piece it together. But overall, they have sort of had a certain timeline in mind. And with Breath of the Wild, they said that they did have a timeline or they did know where it fit in the timeline or the overall timeline. But they seen fans had so much fun speculating online that they didn't want to ruin it for anyone by saying it's in a specific timeline. So they just say it's so far in the future that it doesn't matter because the events of one timeline could have happened in another timeline later on. Interesting. So that, that was uh, literally what they ended up saying is like, that's why it's like so far in the future, like 10,000 or 20,000 years beyond any of the other games. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, like if you look at how far we've gone technology wise in like 50 years, then if this is 10,000 years in the future, shouldn't this game be taking place on the moon and not Hyrule or something? <laughs> yeah. So at that point, we're, uh, I think Metroid is actually yeah. uh, in the Zelda timeline now. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny because in Donkey Kong, there's, uh, and, uh, oh, Donkey Donkey Kong Country Returns. I was going to say New Donkey Kong Country, but yeah. Uh, in Donkey Kong Country Returns, there's one of the, the levels to where in the back you can actually see one of the spaceships from Metroid 
but it was just like a nod because that same team also worked on uh, Metroid Prime. So it was just like a nod to their previous games. But yeah, like if I don't know if you've had a chance to see the new Mario movie, but if there's any cameos in there, then who knows? I'm I'm actually heading to the movie right after this. So, but it was still interesting seeing that because it caused a bunch of people to be like, "Ooh, does Donkey Kong take place around the same time as Metroid?" Uh, because there is that the ship in the background. I I think it's uh, uh, it, it causes a, a lot of uh, funny, interesting ideas to come up with. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, who knows? Like you were saying with the Mario movie, what what is that gonna is that is it gonna be canon? And is there gonna be all kinds of cameos? And what uh, what's what's gonna happen there? And I mean, if you think about like Link's Awakening, there's some serious nods to Mario and bloopers and Goombas like. Yeah, there is. Uh, do you know the history of that game? No, break it down. Oh, okay. It was like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember if it was just like one person or a small, like three or four people on a, a small team where they were just like goofing off. And it started as like just a fishing game that someone made. And then like a small team, like after work, they would try to come up with their own game to work on or whatever, just for fun and experiment. And they had a bunch of um, these models and stuff that they had made for like Mario games and everything. And that's why it has all those different Mario characters in it and why it's so different. And then they were kind of afraid of Miyamoto finding out about it because they're like, Oh, you're goofing off and making this when you could be working on things that we can actually sell, which is actually how um, uh, Link's crossbow training came about as well. Interesting. <laughs> uh but maybe we can get into that later or another time. But yeah, it was kind of a similar story to where they just had so much fun just working on their own little thing. And then Miyamoto seen it and was like, oh, this is actually pretty nice. Could we actually make this into something? And it ended up becoming Link's Awakening and they kept all the different models and stuff they had uh, from the Mario characters and stuff. And with uh, Link's crossbow training, for Twilight Princess, there was this one guy who worked on uh, that section in the game to where you're going through like uh, the Hidden Village, which is supposed to be like the original Kakariko Village where the Sheikah live, and you have to like find all the cats. I think are they cats? Oh, my, everyone's going to hate me in the comments. But yeah, I, I think it's like, yeah, you have to go through and like find all the cats and you have to like clear out, clear out the village from all the bacoblins. And uh, before they put that in the game, like it wasn't supposed to be in the game. It was just something that someone was goofing off working on. And Aonuma, or Miyamoto, one of the two, seen that every day there would be like a bunch of co-workers huddled around like this one computer. And then he'd be like, what are you guys doing? Get back to work. And then he seen it and was like, let me try that. And he thought it was so fun that they put it in the game. And then he started getting worried. Like you can go through Ocarina of Time and I think you can beat the game without actually fishing at all. And it was kind of like a side quest like that where it was just a side quest. You didn't need to actually do it or anything. But he still thought it was so fun that he was like, what if someone plays the game and they don't end up playing it what if they just accidentally skip past it so he forced it into one of the main quests to like force people because he thought it was so fun 
And then whenever they were making, originally it was going to be like Twilight Princess 2, which became Skyward Sword. And he was like, well, why don't we just make a game about uh, that fun little mini game, whatever that was in Twilight Princess. <laughs> so like he liked it so much. That's how we got um, Link's crossbow training, which this is a fact that makes everyone angry. Oh no. It outsold Wind Waker. Oh, no. Link's crossbow training, the spin-off that everyone tr- like loves to bash on. Yeah. It's one of my favorite facts. Outsold, almost doubled the sales of Wind Waker. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> and in fact, uh just to say how successful Breath of the Wild, just to try to bring it back to Breath of the Wild, uh, Age of Calamity. The pre-orders of Age of Calamity, which there's always a joke, Age of Clams on uh, my podcast, which everyone hates. Okay. But the pre-orders of it, just the pre-orders, also outsold Wind Waker. Oh, like, no. Wind Waker's entire lifetime sales were outsold by the pre-order of a spin-off game. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why they went in a completely opposite direction after Wind Waker released. Which was such a bummer cuz I remember seeing Wind Waker for the first time and I was like I'm not mad about this. Like there was a, it was an era in gaming where like cell shading was becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I dove into that world, I was like, I never want to leave like this. Like I know life that game when it came out, it was, it, it was hours and hours of, well, just exploring the water because you took forever to get from one <laughs> Island to another, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But I, I, yeah, it's, it's such a shame. I it's, it's one of my most wanted games on the switch. Like to have that remake put, put on the switch would be, would be great. I mean, I loved it so much that I, I am immediately played through, or as soon as it launched, played through Phantom Hourglass and enjoyed that. Also hated the control scheme, did not like having to play with the stylus. And then by the time uh, the spirit tracks came out, I was like, I can't do this again. Like I just was, I tried, I was, I tried to get hyped about it and I'm like, mm. it's kind of hard to explore when you're stuck on tracks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like at least with wind waker, you could maneuver back and forth and go your own direction. But with, yeah. Spirit tracks, yeah. It's like okay, I can either turn left in about two minutes, or I can wait five minutes to turn right. <laughs> yes, exactly that. So, so well, we got we got tears of the kingdom footage on the screen here. If you guys are watching this on YouTube or on Spotify, and we have been discussing this at length on our main show. Right off the bat, what is this arm? What is going on with his arm? What are what are your thoughts on Link's arm and this arm that is holding who I can only assume to be Ganondorf, right? Right? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Okay, it took me a second because there is another moment in this trailer to where we see the same hand like catching Link, I think. Yes, yes. And like pulling him back up. Uh-huh. And I, the only... To connect it to the newest uh, trailer and all the gameplay that we recently got that was like 10 minutes long with Alanuma, but the actual uh, newest trailer um, to where like there's a bunch of symbols on the wall and like it's showing characters and stuff. And there's one that has like, we it looks like a weird headpiece or something. I don't know. But 
I think that Hand was originally that person. Basically, like, whatever... Like how Zelda, or Princess Zelda, is not only the princess of Hyrule, but she's also reincarnation of the goddess of Hyrule. I think this would be like the prince or princess of the Zonai or the king or mm. queen of the Zonai that is giving Link uh, this power. But before we see him with it, we see it just like holding down the seal on Ganondorf. And then maybe after Ganondorf wakes up, or maybe this is the reason Ganondorf wakes up. I don't really know because they kind of switched it in the newer trailers as well. Uh, you have the first trailer showing right now, but we see like Zelda kind of slip and Link goes and grabs her. And it seems like he saves her because like we can see him grabbing her wrist. But then we also see like Link falling and then that green hand grabbing Link's arm, which is kind of odd because later we see Link with that same green arm. So maybe that's how Link gets it from him being saved by it. And it just like absorbing into him. I don't know. But I think the reason that he has to have that is because in one of the trailers, we see the the malice, like that red ooze coming from Ganondorf. And it like uh, basically infects Link on his arm. And because we see it like kind of like jump towards him or whatever. I don't know. Ooze can't jump, but you, you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. And it uh, attacks him. And we also see his sword like halfway melted in some of the trailers as well. And I think the ooze halfway melts through the sword as well as uh, corrupts his arm. And have you ever seen... Oh, I forget which Harry Potter book or movie it was. But where Dumbledore uh, touches the thing, gets cursed, and like it's starting to like turn his arm black and everything. And then Snape has to like put a charm or something like casts a spell to slow it down okay i I think he puts on the ring i got you i'm so i've seen all well i've i've been in the room when all the harry potty harry <laughs> potter movies were on but i fell asleep through all of them so i've i've all right. it's it's one Com- thing i need to do completely understandable but i think he like puts on a ring and it starts like poisoning and like slowly infecting him and it's going to kill him in like days but uh snape one of the other professors um, like doesn't heal him, but slows it down to where instead of like, he's still going to die, but he has months or like a lot longer than just a day or two, but it's like already starting to turn his hand and part of his arm black. And I think that's kind of the same thing to where this infection from the malice, whatever it is, is getting into link and this green hand ends up, like taking over or giving him his power. And I think that's also a reason why, because when everyone finishes Breath of the Wild, he's like maxed out with all the hearts. He's got like all the, these abilities and everything. And I think that's kind of a way that they're using, uh, like to give a logical way of why he's starting over with like three hearts or whatever in this game. Cause they're not going to start you out like completely maxed out. Um, they have to give a reason why he no longer has the powers, why he doesn't have the hearts, why like all this stuff. And I think that's why, because like, I think they're going to say like, Oh, well the calamity or the malice corrupted him. And uh, he was 
close to dying or something and it saved him because we also see the scene where he's laid out on that table and um, he has like his hands beside his body and it uh, his hand starts glowing. And I think that's uh, the excuse or the, mm. the plot point that they'll use is that this calamity malice stripped him of everything and he's only alive because this uh, Zonai green magic arm thingy um, basically absorbed into him and is slowly stopping it from spreading. And as you progress through the game, I imagine he'll get less and less uh, of the malice. Like he'll get it out or... So start Make to heal the, from uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the exact opposite actually happens. Have you ever seen the the movie The Mummy? Uh, long, from like 2000? Long 19? time ago. Like we're talking Brendan Fraser? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, do, yeah. You, do you know how he has to like get these three vases or pots or whatever they are and break them or open them up and he is slowly able to go from like looking like the basically what Ganondorf looks like right. in the Breath of the or Tears of the Kingdom trailer? to looking like an actual human and he ends up looking like a normal human at the end. And I think that's the same type of journey that uh, Ganondorf goes on. I think as Link goes through his journey and cure tries curing himself of uh, this calamity malice and building up the power of that Zonai that's possibly healing him and saving Zelda, of course, if even she does need to be saved and as he goes through his own journey, I think uh, Ganondorf will will see him slowly go from being that zombie corpse that we see uh, that was sealed to looking the way that we normally imagine Ganondorf looking in like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, or even Wind Waker, where he had a few cheeseburgers. Right. Yes. He had a few cheeseburgers indeed. So it obviously looks like Malice is, is affecting Link, right? Like you just said. Yes. And then we we also see them like we see Zelda right there on the on the footage she's falling. Mm-hmm. Obviously that could be a vision, right, of some kind. But then and then I like how it cuts to Link, you know, falling from one of the sky islands as well just living his best life. And uh <laughs> but do you think I as you were talking my brain started just like really 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 kind of just wondering do you think that that scene where she falls link grabs her and then link is grabbed do you think that 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 falling sequence is the reason the hand has to unseal ganondorf Mm, i want to say maybe (laughs) because i don't know um at first like we do see uh Uh, like we see Ganon still frozen when the hand is still on him. Mm-hmm. And when we see like the rocks crumbling below Zelda's feet and Link's feet and Zelda falls, I imagine that would be after it um, let go of Ganondorf or I don't, I don't really know exactly what would cause it to let go of the sill on Ganondorf mm-hmm. before um, 
Yeah, like I, I can't imagine it letting go unless it absolutely had to. Like I think it would just keep the seal there as long as possible. But maybe Ganon, because Ganondorf always wants all three pieces, the Triforce and everything, that's always his goal. So he can take over Hyrule and all the other realms. So maybe just Zelda and Link, who in this game probably also possess the other two pieces of the Triforce. Maybe it being in his vicinity and so near him, he can sense it and he just gets that urge or an extra push to break through and try to get both of them. And then that breaks the, the seal. I don't really know. The seal always ends up breaking anyways. So <laughs> it, it could be that. Uh. So the other, the other thing that got me thinking, do you think, cause you mentioned that um, Zelda is the rein, reincarnate of the, uh, the goddess of Hyrule. Is that what you said? Yeah, got the goddess Hylia. Um, goddess Hylia. Okay, yeah, that's told to us in Skyward Sword. Right. Okay. So, do you think there's a chance that we get to see that Link is tied to the Zonai, or is he already? Maybe this is something I'm unaware of. No, there, there's nothing like Zonai in Breath of the Wild. The Zonai in Japanese, the the word Zonai in Japanese literally just means mystery. Okay. And all the Zelda games always has these weird, ancient, dark, magical tribes. Like uh, Twilight Princess had the Interlopers or the Twilight, which we got a little bit about, but not too much. Um, Ocarina of Time had, uh, maybe not Ocarina of Time, sort of with the Sheikah, but like Majora's, like all these Zelda games, they always has, they always call them something completely different, but they're is uh, always these weird, ancient, mysterious, dark, shadowy, magical tribes. And most Zelda games have them. Like Majora's Mask has the tribe that literally created Majora's Mask. And that's all we that we learned about them, is that it was a magical tribe that created Majora's Mask. That's it. We know nothing else about them. Some people think it may be the Sheikah, maybe something else. Who knows? And I think originally that's what the Zonai were for Breath of the Wild, because they just needed... Uh, in the book, creating a champion, which is uh, like an encyclopedia for Breath of the Wild. In one of the interviews, they say they added Zonai structures all around Hyrule to make it seem like there was once um, this ancient village that lived all over Hyrule, just to kind of make the world feel like it was lived in and more real. Um, and with... Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, they really haven't done this before, but I think the fan intrigue of the Zonai is why they put so much of an emphasis on them for Tears of the Kingdom, because they're like, oh, well, if everyone wants to learn more about the Zonai, then if we're making a sequel to the game, why not put the Zonai in the game? Because we know if that's what everyone wants, then that's another thing that they'll like about the game. But it could have been something that they had uh, that they were thinking out or thinking about before um, the fan interest. You don't really know, but I don't think Link really has anything to do with the the Zona. He could. Um, I, I think it's more of just he gets the powers uh, from the Zona. And there's a lot of people that think like the Zona may be like the there's an ambulance or something going by. I apologize, <laughs> but uh, 
the Zonai could be like uh, there's a lot of connections to like the Twilight and uh, like past Chica and stuff like that that a lot of people were thinking. But I, I don't think Link necessarily has anything um, like a connection to them. But it would be interesting if he did. Um, there, there's always that chance. It just depends on what direction that they want to go. But as of right now, there's nothing that really insinuates or hints to him having a connection to them other than just getting their powers kind of like in ocarina of time um you go to all of the great fairy fountains and in majora's mask as well and they give you like din's fire and stuff like that he doesn't have any relation to din or nehru or furor like the goddesses themselves but he still gets like uh din's fire and nehru's love and furor's wind um, and I think that's kind of the same. Or in Breath of the Wild, he gets the different abilities from the champions that help him out. I think that it's going to be more like that, to where it's just uh, more so to replace the abilities that he's losing because of him apparently not having the Sheikah Slate because we don't see it anymore. And it's just a way to, um, yeah, give him uh, the abilities that we had previously but also with uh, slight differences or upgrades sure okay i just want to know what are like what are you the most excited about when it comes to tears of the kingdom i'm hoping i know they've changed a bunch in hyrule uh it was already like this huge mat like i think they said it was like 10 to 12 times bigger uh the overworld of Breath of the Wild compared to like Twilight Princess, which is previous largest. So they put a lot of work into the overworld itself already. I'm excited to see how they've changed it for this game because we see um, like different islands coming detached from the ground that are floating up in the sky and how's it changed over time. Like, uh, originally there was supposed to be a side quest where you could build different towns and stuff. Uh, sort of like Terry's Town, which is a side quest where you can build a town in Breath of the Wild. And you can uh, put all the stuff in your house and everything like that. I want to be able to, or at least I'm hoping we'll be able to, like, completely rebuild Hyrule. Um, kind of like how we've seen in the cutscenes that take place in the past. And if it's not too ambitious, which I think there's a chance of this actually happening because uh, if you look at the file sizes for Breath of the Wild, it was like 12, I want to say it was like around 12 or 13 gigabytes. But the Tears of the Kingdom gigabytes, uh, the size of it is like, 18. So it's like another half of a game basically being added onto it if you're just comparing file sizes. And I'm sure they got um, a lot of stuff that they've added to it, like cutscenes and stuff as well. But I think that usually a Zelda game like Twilight Princess, you can kind of explore the Twilight Realm or Twilight version of Hyrule whenever it's kind of consumed or whatever a link to the past has the dark world which is like the cursed version of uh the sacred realm ocarina of time has past and present and i think it'll have something like that whatever the second version of this hyrule is whether it's uh 
an area we've seen before, like the Dark World, the Sacred Realm, the Twilight Realm, whatever Lurul uh, was in A Link Between Worlds. Or it's something completely new and original that they created just for this game. I think we'll get that second version of a world just based off of how much bigger this game is compared to Breath of the Wild. When you would think it really shouldn't be, since it seems like we're just using the same overworld with some changes and any new cutscenes that they would add to the game would just take the place of previous cutscenes. So it, you would think it would be around the same size, but with it being almost like one and a half the size of Breath of the Wild, and in that time, I imagine they would get the compression size down for the actual raw files. I think we could expect something like uh, a second world, other than the, the sky itself, of course. Because there are the sky islands and Hyrule below, but I think that whatever this uh, second world or in this case third world if you count the skylands as the second world that's what i'm excited to see and how they'll introduce that into the lore of uh the zelda series what's what's your take on link like right now we can see him running in what looks like normal breath of the wild attire right Yes. But then most of these trailers and a lot of what we see, I mean, he's using the power up there looking like that, but then we ever see him looking very rugged, very, very tribal almost hair grown out, not much for armor. Like, do you think that's early, early game or do you think there's potentially more to the, more to the timeline, like, like potential time travel or, or splits? Well, if, are we allowed to get into like leaks or spoilers? Not from like the recent art book. I haven't really looked at that myself, but from. We'll just put out a warning right here. If you don't want to hear any potential leaks, go ahead and just uh, maybe end now. But if you want to, <laughs> if you want to get into, if you want to hear more of this, keep, let's keep going. Okay. So there was, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Italian. I keep getting it mixed up because there was an Italian leak from a voice actor. And then there was the, a leak from one of the Spanish voice actors. I think it was this time. It was the Spanish voice actor was doing a podcast and it was the voice actor that plays uh, Daruk um, for the Spanish version. And he doesn't. So Joe um, Hernandez plays Daruk and, Yunobo in the English version, um, but in the Spanish version, they have a different voice actor for Inobo and Daruk, which Inobo is supposed to be like the descendant of Daruk or like the son or grandson or something like that. Because Daruk dies in the past and Inobo is the one that helps you up Death Mountain. And the voice actor, uh, the Spanish voice actor for Daruk said that he played a second character that he couldn't remember the name of that was supposed to be an ancestor of Daruk. And it made me think, um, since it wasn't, he didn't say it was Daruk's father or grandfather or whatever, kind of like how Yunobo is, but an actual ancestor. And you would say ancestor if you're meaning like hundreds or thousands of years, not a direct like one or two offspring away but 
that made me think that, okay, why would they have an ancestor of Daruk in here? Unless it's something they want to tell that happened long ago. And that made me think, well, one of the first reveals in the trailer was, or one of the first big reveals from the very first trailer was seeing Ganondorf sealed. And we hear all the time in Breath of the Wild how 10,000 years ago they sealed Ganondorf and all the champions and how they created the uh, divine beasts and everything like that. So I was thinking, okay, is there a cutscene or something in this game that's just like, whether just like one or two cutscenes or just a few lines from each of the voice actors that shows how Ganondorf got sealed and why he is where he is inside that cave. So maybe they show that story of the different champions coming together 10,000 years or 10,100 years ago and actually creating the divine beasts and battling that first incarnation of uh, Calamity Ganon or whatever. And that's why we see him sealed. Um, And then if it was only like a few lines that he did, then I could see that as to why he didn't remember the name. Because if it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you're you're doing three months of work recording lines every single day for Daruk, you're going to remember the name of the character you're going to record for for like three months. But if you just come in on one day and you have two or three sentences, then you may not remember, especially if it's in the middle of those three months it's very true yeah so that that's that's what i can imagine there could be time travel to where you're actually playing in the past but i think the time travel that we see won't necessarily be time travel um the way that we had in like majora's mask or uh ocarina of time but more so something kind of like um just like a, a trailer or not a trailer but a couple of cutscenes showing stuff that happened in the past Kind of like how in in Breath of the Wild, you have to regain Link's memories. So as you're traveling around to different specific spots, you get to see like a cutscene of one of Link's memories. Instead of that, maybe it's somehow showing Link what happened 10,000 years ago um, in replace of gaining Link's memories. I see. Okay. That's just my thoughts, though. Yeah. Which I'm probably completely wrong. Well, it's still super fun to speculate. And honestly, like this conversation has been so, so great. Like I've just loved like getting, getting more like, you know, I, I I basically consider you an expert in the legend of Zelda. So like, you know, just kind of hearing your thoughts and where your, you know, where your mind goes with some of the stuff, like uh, it, it's just super intriguing to me. And I, I have not, I, it's been a while since I've been as hyped for a game as as tears of the kingdom and and jumping into conversations like this and really really uh just kind of digging into the the trailers that really they just leave so much for speculation so much for speculation and it's just it 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 makes for hours and hours of conversation and it's just it, it just builds the overall hype uh for the game so well as we're wrapping up here shout out all your stuff again let's uh let's see where people can connect with you all right. Uh, yeah. Everything. Uh, Twitter.com slash Game Over Jesse. YouTube.com slash Game Over Jesse. Uh, Facebook. Uh, I think it's Game Over Jesse, but it's mostly for the, the podcast. But yeah, everything is just no matter where it's at. I tried my best to have it just Game Over Jesse, simple, in sync with everything. 
And uh, the podcast is the Hylian Gamescast. Again, it's mostly Zelda Nintendo related, or mostly Nintendo related, but with a heavier focus on Zelda. And we try to bring on people. Uh, we've had people that work currently at Nintendo, people that used to work at Nintendo. Uh, one of our uh, co hosts, uh, I almost said Geek Apprentice. No, it was uh, Jubilima or Kayla. She was actually uh, basically like PR for Nintendo for a short while. And we, we try to bring on as many people that we can um, from the gaming industry or people in the gaming community like yourself. You've been on uh, a couple of times or a few times. I don't really remember how many times, but... <laughs> I, I've been yeah. on and I got in trouble because... Uh... <laughs> the trees. <laughs> the, the trees. trees. Pokemon. <laughs> yes, the trees. It looks like N64 trees on a Switch. Yeah, I upset some people because they said to stop worrying about it. <laughs> yeah, and then there was people that was mad about the, I think at the time, the new Spider-Man game, or not the new one, but the Spider-Man for PS4 was coming out, and people were also complaining because they were like, the puddles in the actual game aren't as reflective as the puddles in the demo. Right. <laughs> it's like, jeez, it's a puddle. Why yeah. are you so mad? It could just be like the lighting's in a different place or who uh, I don't know. yeah yeah people <laughs> people cool all right well hey thank you so much for uh for taking the time i have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be seeing the likes of you uh again very soon because i would like to uh um dig into this even more with you and yes. after the game launches to really uh to really dig in and 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 see how you're liking it and uh you know, to see what, what pieces of lore you've been able to, uh, to dig out of it. So thanks again. And, uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye now. Bye everyone.